Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for just being with us as we walk through the scriptures and to be with us faithfully. Many of you have heard us from the beginning and I just want to extend a, um, uh, my prayers to you. I'm praying that God will continue to bless you and that you are learning and that not only this will just, hopefully these teachings will light a fire in you or keep the fires burning or pique your interest so that you will become, if you're not a student of the Bible, to become one, to where the Word of God becomes your focus. And that's the, uh, again, one of my purposes of this scripture and one of the words that God gave me before I began um, began this podcast was, one, that he wanted me to get his people out of prison. And that prison is more than just uh, people in prison or in a physical prison. And we know that uh, in our day, uh, one of the biggest um, uh, prisons in this country is, is, is addiction and in uh, mental uh, and mental illnesses and uh, and among the black race is our sons and daughters they're in physical prisons who have um, whether they're broken law or f- laws or falsely accused they find themselves separated from family from children from uh, spouses uh, from friends and to be in that prison all alone not having uh, the ability to communicate with those who you love freely, to whereas you knowing that we, when you're outside of the gates, when you're outside of prison, you have freedom to go and you know greet your son, or attend a game, or take your wife out to dinner, or, or go out to be with friends, or be with your girlfriends, or with your male friends, or whoever they may be. Go see your parents if they're still living, whatever the case may be. And when you find yourself in a situation where you can't do the things that you desire to do. That's where you find yourself in, that's what's called a prison. And not only that, that physical prison, I'm also talking about the mental prison also. And I just felt like today I just need to jump right in. I'll give the uh, announcements or what I call the announcements for how to contact us later. But I felt that this message today, and I believe that all of them are important, but I think the era of comparison is one of the things that I, we're going to be talking about today and on Journeys in Grace. That's what this is. It is a journey, knowing that we all are pressing toward that that mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus, meaning uh, that calling where uh, to God is calling us to relationship. Jesus didn't call us. Uh, he did not come for to establish a religion. He came to establish relationship between God and man. When the angel came to Mary, and what did he tell her? He said, uh, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. And as he began to speak to not, not only to Mary, but to the shepherds, he began to tell them that there will be now peace. Why? Because as the Savior came into the world, it did not mean that men would be at peace, but between God and man, because Jesus was going to settle the uh, break of the relationship, which happened in as Adam and Eve sold their right, or they gave up their right as um, uh, keepers of this earth and they gave up their dominion and Jesus came back not only to take back the, the dominion but to pay the price of what was required for us to be redeemed as we said in, that, said in an earlier lesson that we will be taken out of the spiritual pawn shop where Adam left us and Jesus gave the most expensive gift if he dropped, gave one drop of blood it would have been enough but he had to give one drop of his blood was precious, but he gave the most precious gift, which was his life. Trust in the Father 
that as he gave his life, and not only that, he accepted sin. He became sin. And because he was willing to do that, we all have the freedom. We have the liberty. We can be in the physical prison and yet be freer than those who are out. We who, many of us, again, who are in mental prisons where you under, this many suffer from fears and anxieties and from addictions and uh, all different types of mental illnesses where they're attacked by, you know, in the spirit where, you know, uh, some who are not saved and either who are saved, they are being oppressed by the enemy and told that they're nothing. They're all, they're a failure. They'll always be a failure. They're sick. You'll always be sick. You will never have freedom. You will never have uh, and, and be able to enjoy and to enjoy life, to enjoy your marriage. Your marriage is going to fail just like everybody else's. What makes you think that you're different? But we are different. Peter called us a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and the ecclesia, which are the called out ones. When you accepted Jesus Christ, you received your entrance into the body of Christ into, and, and we were welcome into, I was welcome, you are welcome, into the family of God. So again, as we start this message today on the era of comparison, this is where we're going to uh, uh, dwell here for a time, and of course we'll move on as we go down this journey of grace. And so again, I want to thank you for being with us today, and ways you can reach out to us by email at pastoreric523 at gmail.com, or by mail at uh, Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. So now, let's get into the scriptures. And we're going to start out in the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, uh, the 10th chapter. We're going to start reading at the 7th verse. And again, our subject today is the era of comparison. And the reason why I, I'm, I'm bringing out and going into this um, subject, this was something that was placed on my heart a few days ago. And just looking out again into our present situation where we see so much, you know, that the wealth of this current age, this is the richest age as ever. <clears throat> and I'm talking about for the, the uh, if you just fix it on my country, which is the United States, that this is the richest day. And I know if you listen to the radio and the television and the Internet and all these things, they're talking about um, uh, inflation and inflation does affect people where, you know, you can't. Uh, gas is now in my state is about four dollars and fifty cents, and you know, in other parts in the northeast is uh, eight headed toward nine. Out in California, they're saying it's already nine dollars a gallon, and all of these things, you know, we're hearing that COVID again will be will ravage the country, if not the entire uh, world. Where COVID, another variation of that, is may come up, and. When we as believers, or if you are not a believer and you're just interested in what this podcast is about, it's about the freedom that God has given us through grace. And grace is Jesus Christ. He's more than just a baby that was born um, on, on the day that we call uh, Christmas Day. He was more than just that baby. But he grew up as a man, a man that embodied all that God is. Colossians says, the book of Colossians says that uh, he was expressed image of God. And God is love. So what Jesus did, he walked in love. He demonstrated love. He showed us. He taught about love. And that love not only uh, brought us in, but that love and grace of Jesus Christ. Grace not only is what we accept 
as we become saved, but grace will empower us and strengthen us so that we not only are, are, are Christians, but we then can go out and possess that what God has already provided for us. And we do these things by faith. Scripture says that we are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves is the gift of God. So not only do we accept what Jesus did, but we take what, what he gave us as far as grace and then we walk it out. We walk it out by trusting him, by trusting God that he will enable us to live a life so that we are examples. As Paul said, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. What was Paul saying? I'm going to I'm following the principles that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me. And as God revealed the gift of grace or the message of grace to Paul, he began to preach this to all the churches that he encountered and even to the disciples, the men who walked with Jesus. When Peter and the other, and the other disciples heard the teaching of grace, Paul said, uh, Peter said, he said, the things that Paul say, you know, this, those are some hard things. He didn't say they were wrong, but they were counter to what he had uh, learned under the law. Because what the disciples thought was, okay, our master has gone. We saw, we saw him in the resurrection. He told us to wait upon the Holy Spirit and we have him now. Now we're going to take what we learned in the law, teach it with the love that Christ did. But they didn't have the full story um, to this man who wreaked havoc in the church, who, 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 who consented to the killing of one of the disciples, uh, namely Stephen, who Paul was there. He was worse than the one that threw the stone because he's the one that said, OK, sick of boys. He was the one that uh, stood on the side and said, okay, go ahead, get him. So that's who Paul was. But by the grace and power of God that Paul met on his way to uh, uh, wreak havoc and continue to wreak havoc, continue to pull men and women out of their own houses in front of their children and have them cast into, the, to the, uh, into jail and some being beaten and threatened and their lives and uh, again, I'm, as I spoke earlier about uh, Stephen, Stephen was killed because Paul said, okay, he's, he's, committed, uh, he's committed high treason as far as the law was concerned, and he must die. So as we get into this book talking about uh, a comparison, I want you to know who this man was. This man, Paul, wrote three, he wrote uh, over half of the New Testament. This man, Paul, was the one who got committed to the teaching of grace to the church. And he was one that saw miracles, signs, and wonders. He was an apostle. He raised uh, the young man that fell out the uh, window and at, uh, at midnight as Paul talked and, he, and, and died. And Paul went down and, and prayed over him and he arose. He was the one that took this message to the jailhouses and God freed them. And Paul was able to go. Not only did he preach the all through uh, Judea and all around the uh, Mediterranean. But Paul had an unction and a, and a power of God and the anointing upon his life that he was willing to face death itself, knowing that he was going to face death and knowing that he was going to die. But Paul was willing to go about teaching and preaching the word of God. And not only did he do it himself, but he trained others. So as we go into Corinthians today, I want you to just get ready to hear this word about Comparison. Comparison. And that's, again, when I say the error of comparison, it's when we look across the aisle or we look next door or we look across the street or, you know, we look at the desk across from us and we want to be that person. You know, uh, why in my life like Brother Joe or why 
Uh, I see her. How could she get such a good man? And here I am. I look better than she does. Uh, she's overweight. I look at me. I'm I'm in fit. I'm work out three three times a day. Uh, 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 and then twice on Sunday, I'm doing everything I know to do. And seems as though I have uh, <laughs> I have a do not disturb sign up on my forehead when it comes to uh, attracting a mate. But I want to tell you, beloved, do not commit the error of comparing yourself to what other people are doing. Just because this good, it might have worked for them. But find your answer in God. Take the time out to pray about your steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good woman are ordered by the Lord. Consult with him. We have God on the inside of us. We have the spirit of God. We are not filled with a spirit, but we have the spirit. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, the only thing you have to do as a believer is to ask. So let's start again. I said, uh, 2 Corinthians 10th chapter, and Paul now is addressing the Corinthian church. And now he's speaking to those who see him. And again, the people, not only do people uh, compare themselves to others, They'll see ministers or they'll see leaders or they'll see, again, uh, a potential mate. So whatever, okay, I like this about this one and that's about that one. Oh, this preacher, he's this and or, or this lady, she's that. This this pastor, she, you know, she doesn't, she's not as forceful as this lady over here. This lady, she can sing and she can preach and she can evangelize. And only thing this uh, lady does, she just, she's just a teacher. We all have our gifts and we're all uh, given the, uh, uh, the gift of, as, as a gospel writer says, you know, we must abide in the calling that God gave us and then minister to the ability that God give, has given us. We all have the abilities in Christ. And as God has blessed us and he called all of us. And what we must do is as we focus on the word is not fall into the trap of comparing. And we're going to as these, over these next few lessons, we're going to go and just study some of the Old and New Testament um, examples of how uh, believers fell into, the people of God fell into the era of comparison and how it has woefully affected us even to this day. But we know Jesus got, he always gets us out of all of it. But we should learn, as, as I said, they are written. The Old Testament was written for our learning. And that's one thing that I am so grateful for the, for the scriptures is that God, uh, as we say in this day, he, all, he, dis he displayed all the dirty laundry. He didn't keep anything secret. Scripture says it was done in the dark should be brought to light. From his kings, to his, to his prophets, to the elders, to the father of faith, Abraham, all the way back to uh, the father of us all, Adam, by, Adam by, uh, uh, through Eve, the father of us through, by faith, uh, by flesh rather, and then Adam who was our father by faith, Abraham who was our father by faith. And God was willing to show these men and women and show their failures, their fall, their flaws, their warts, you know, their, 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 their failing. And yet, all who trusted him were able to make a comeback. And so let's go now again, as we address here in, in, in 2 Corinthians 10, 11, how that Paul begins to talk to them about the era of comparison, and then we'll move forward. So 2 Corinthians 10, 17, he says, Do you not look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts himself that he is in Christ, let him of himself think this again. That as he is in Christ, so are we is in Christ. So are we Christ. So Paul began to tell them that 
I know that many of you, you look at me and you look at those who travel with me and you are comparing me to, you know, to others who have come before you. And there were more. We know that there were the other 11 apostles that, uh, came, that saw Jesus personally, who were under Jesus' personal ministry. And we know that Paul came on later. And so many would compare their statue against, as I said earlier, how that Paul's statue compared to Peter or to Apollos or others who came through. And so as people will do, they'll say, well, I like his voice. I like her voice. I like how they sing. I like how this one plays. And I like how this one preaches. Or, you know, I like a man who's fiery. I like a fiery pastor. Or I like a teaching pastor. And so they're all a part of the body. We're all a part. We all are are, are been designed and we are fitly joined together. Everybody, we've been given our gifts by God. And we're going to read scripture later on, how even from our very birth, God knew us and he formed our members. And so what Paul is telling us here is that even those who see him and as they compare him to others, he said, they said they, they are of Christ. He said, I am too. The eighth verse said, for though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which God has given us for edification, and not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed. So all were aware of the anointing that God gave to Paul. Again, a man who was a murderer, but he knew God used his circumstances. No, I don't believe it was God's uh, 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 plan for Paul to kill Stephen, but God used that, or Paul consented to killing Stephen. God used that, and for that, and in that, Paul saw the great, mercy of God. And then he saw, if God could give me grace, it's more than just me. It's for all who come after Christ. And as Paul began to um, speak to those who were doing a thought, who were uh, uh, doing this compa comparison survey, he said, this is a dangerous thing to do. He says in the ninth verse, that I may not seem, that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. For they knew that when Paul wrote a letter, it carried great authority. It carried great authority because it was coming from Paul, the author of grace, and who the other disciples, as I said earlier, uh, as Peter and others, they accepted his writings as scripture because they were so powerful. And not only were they good for the church he wrote it to, but they were circulated to the other churches because they were anointed for that present day church and even for today's church. 2,000 years later, we're still preaching the, 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 the messages that Paul wrote to the, uh, all of the churches in, there in the Mediterranean and there in Israel. And he says in the 10th verse, as they were describing him, they talked about Paul and how he looked. He said, for his letters, they are very weighty and powerful, but his body presence is weak and his speech contemptible. So apparently, Paul wasn't a six foot four 240-pound uh, man full of ripped with muscles from uh, head to toe. That wasn't, his, that wasn't who he was. You know, he might not have had that booming voice that you could hear that could, that could speak in a stadium of five to 10,000 and not need an amplifier. But Paul had a, his voice, they said, was contemptible. He might have, I don't know, of course I didn't hear his voice, but apparently he didn't have the perfect, he wasn't the perfect orator. But God used what he had. He used everything Paul had to turn the world right side up. And as these writings of Paul and the other disciples and the teaching and the preachers of others who followed Christ, they converted the entire Roman world under Christianity. 
And after Jesus died, the church was persecuted. Christians were hunted down like dogs and fed to the lions and burned at the stake and all manner of things in the Roman Empire. The Christians were known as enemies of the, of the, uh, of the government. Nero, uh, I believe he was, uh, was, uh, was emperor when Paul was, uh, was, 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 was beheaded. But having said all of that, these men and women preach the word of God. And here, Paul is this man who many would look at and they said, you know, when you look at him, comparing him to other men that we know that preach, his presence is weak. You know, he, don't, he ain't all that. That's how we would say it. He ain't all of that. And when you hear him talk, I don't know why God would call him. But see, what did Jesus say? Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. God looks at the heart of man because he knows what his calling is. He knows why we, he knows, the Bible says, the word of God is sharp and powerful as any two-edged sword, even to the dividing of son of soul and spirit. And even, he goes on further to say, down to the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Your, the word of God will get down to your intentions. He will get to the very base level, to the foundation of why you do what you do. And see, that's what God can do. God is the ultimate judge because he knows the intents of your heart and what you meant to do. See, sometimes we mean well and it doesn't come, turn out right. And or we attempt and we follow after God. And when we see the results, we say, Lord, you told me to do this and what you told me to do, I see what I've done. And Lord, I expected a great harvest. And yet, when we follow after Christ, it's not about, many times, it's not about uh, uh, what you do. It's about the intents of it. Did you do what God told you? Are you obedient to his call? Then it's up to God for the result. I know that my voice and my, you know, I don't, I don't ever claim to be a scholar of the word. But I claim to be a man called by, the, by, by God and who studies the scriptures and am willing to learn not only from others, but to spend time in prayer and to be follow the unction of the Holy Spirit to the best of my knowledge. But I've learned that if one thing every, that I as a man of God is that I have to be teachable. If you're teachable, I believe God would give you more. And so that's why I'm, you know, I've done some things that, I started out and was elementary in my learning of, 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 of God. But I've learned it's not, how, it's, it's not how much you know. It's what you're willing to do. And so even now, I struggle with some things that, that God has told me to do. And I said, Lord, you got to help me. And I'm doing these things by faith, knowing that if I follow after him and I do what he tells me to do, then the results is on him. But if he tells me to do a thing and I do it my way, then results are on me. I rather let him be the uh, be the be, let him control the results. I apply the faith, and what what will do what 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 God has designed, and I do it. Then I can sleep at be at rest and at peace because I obeyed God. So as we go on further, and as they talked about Paul's. Uh, his, it talked about his, his body, his physical presence. They talked about his speech. It wasn't all that. And then Paul began to say, let such a one think this, such as we are in word by letters when we are present. 
such will we be indeed when we are present. So Paul began to say, oh, you know what? You may say I'm not all that in your comparison or comparing of me to others. But he says, I can back it up. How? By deed. He said, we will also do it by what? He said, uh, I'm going to read that again. Such as we are in word by letters when we are absent, such will we be indeed when we are present. What Paul is saying is what? Not only can I write about it, but the evidence will follow me. And that's what I heard one man of God say, that you know what? If we were judged as the disciples and, and the uh, apostles were in the, day, in the early days of the church, as Paul is saying here, okay, everybody can talk. But Paul said, judge me by what I do. Are the signs of an apostle following me? Are the signs of an uh, And they had to say such because Paul preached out churches, as I said before. He raised the dead. He had not only a churches that he preached out, but he raised up sons and daughters in those churches who evangelized, who preached, who taught. And as they learned and heard from Paul and they followed uh, the gospel of grace and as they taught the word of God and they live exemplary lives and and as Paul taught them, they taught others. So that's what Paul is saying. He said, not only are the words that I spoke, and as you say, they were powerful. He said, but when I get there, you will see the deeds that follow. In other words, Paul says, signs have followed me and will follow me because the God that I serve, I'm allowing him to take control. I'm allowing him to back up what I said. And I believe that's what's important in our lives, that we do not fall in the trap into the error of comparing ourselves to others. About how I look. Oh, Lord, uh, uh, her hair is longer. She's slimmer. He's taller. He's muscular. I wish I was tan. I wish I was lighter. I wish I was, you know, I, I wish this and that. And, you know, I don't like how I speak. You know, look at my face. Look at my cheekbones, Lord. Could I be taller or shorter? Lord, I'm, 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 I'm so tall and skinny. I wish I could put on weight. Oh, Lord, I'm short and, and, and kind of heavy. I wish I could uh, uh, take off weight. All of this comparisons, not only in the flesh, but also in the spirit. Well, we'll have, you know, as ministers, you know, we compare ourselves and see, oh, his ministry or her ministry, ministry is, is you know, it's bigger. It's, it's, they're all on the Internet. They're, they're on the, new, they're on the uh, uh, um, uh, Christian shows. We see them. They have their podcast, their, their, their YouTube, their own radio, their own television. They have, uh, you know, they're invited to speak in arenas and all of these things. And we want to put ourselves and say, okay, I'm not that. Lord, I must be a failure. No, all of us have our time. We have our Kairos time. That's the season. There is a season for all of us. And there's a chronological time that we go every 24 hours a day. We all have the same 24 hours. But we don't always have the same kairos or the same season. We all have a season. And that's why the Bible says work while it's day. For when night cometh, no man can work. We all have a season now to work. But there is a season that God will bring us out and he will put you in the forefront. Or he'll put you in that place. You may not be in front of the camera. You may not be in, front, in the pulpit. You may be a preacher that just goes to the nursing home or to the hospitals or um, teaching a Bible study. And you may have just five or ten or maybe at a youth group or youth camp. Whatever God gives you, all of us can give our testimony. 
Nobody can teach, have your testimony like you. But if, if we allow what we see to take us out, because that's what the enemy wants. He wants to take your testimony of being an overcomer. See, he can't take that. He can, he can say, well, you know, you don't have the big car. You don't have the uh, a 40 moon mansion. You just living in an apartment. You may be living in the car. Or you may be living in the tent. Oh, look at you. You got saved. Everybody else got a house. And you got to go to the homeless shelter. And see, if we fall into that, then we'll start comparing ourselves. Oh, it's one, it's one thing that you get saved and you living in the car and, you know, six months later you're in the car. Oh, what happened to God? I thought you said your God was great. But what we have to do, as Jesus said, be faithful in a few things. And I'll make you masters over many. I'll bring you up. I'll set you. I'll take you from the dunghill and I'll set you among princes. I'll set you among rulers. But if you never get to sit uh, um, uh, with the president, if you never get invited to the White House or the governor's house or the mayor's house, if you never have your own company, will you still serve him? Will you still serve? Will you still uh, serve, uh, work as a servant? Will you still serve in the church? You may, just, you may be on the parking lot for five years. You may be in church. Maybe God might have called you to ministry and ministry and, and said, you know, and said that you will be ministering for hundreds or not thousands. And you find yourself in children's church. Or you find yourself, as one minister says, he ran the bookstore for 15, 16 years. Faithfully. He did all these things knowing that God had called him. And whatever the pastors assigned him, he said, I went and I did. I went and I did. Because he was submitted and he humbled himself. And that's what God is asking us to do. And when we humble ourselves, we won't be comparing ourselves to others. And we, when we see them getting married, the Bible says rejoice with them that rejoice and mourn with them that mourn. When you see somebody, you know, that's what an uh, uh, issue that I had when I, when I was got out of college and I saw some of my friends getting married and I wanted to get married too and, and have my own place and, you know, and, and, uh, uh, I think I had just started talking to my wife now, and I saw them getting married. I said, "Man, wish I was, uh, wish I could be in that position." Matter of fact, I thought I wasn't. No, I hadn't started. I wasn't in a relationship with Daniel then. I wasn't in any relationship. I was just looking for a job so that I could survive. But I was comparing myself, comparing myself, and I found that wasn't the right thing to do. It only makes you miserable. You comparing yours because you don't know what that other th person is going through. To get to where they are. You, you hadn't walked a mile in their shoes. You hadn't been where they've been. Because if you want what they want. Then you got to do what they've done. And you don't know what they did to get what they have. But beloved. I want to tell you. For all of us. Do not fall into the era of comparison. For comparison will take you down a road. That you don't want to go. It'll cost you more than you can pay. It'll keep you more than you want to stay. Don't fall into that era. We're just getting started today. As we talk about the era of comparison. And next week we're going to go and, and start out. Just talking about some Bible characters that fell into this ditch. And I want to tell you by the grace of God. That God's for you today. He's for you. God is for you. If you are a believer today. He's on the inside of you waiting on you. He's assigned his angels 
to watch over you. They're waiting on you. They're waiting on his word. The father says, the scripture says, I hearken to my word to perform it. But if you don't say it, how can he do what you don't say? Every unspoken request, a hundred percent of them are not answered because you didn't ask. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be open. Seek and you shall find. Are you seeking Jesus today? I hope you are. If you are, pray, pray just pray after me. Father, I come to you just as I am. Lord, you know my life. You know my heart. Today, Lord, I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior, as my Lord. Lord, I ask you to come into my heart. I dedicated myself unto you. Take me, Lord, for I receive you, Lord. And I believe, Lord, that you were taking me into the family of God. Lead me to a place, O oh God, to a church that would teach me your word. For today, as I'm a part of your family, I give you praise. I give you glory. And I pray, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. For you said, O oh Lord, that we will speak with new tongues. That you will give us power. Today, I receive that power. Wherever I am, Lord, you said you come. In this car. In this house. In this restroom. In the park, on this plane, I just, in my heart, receive you and say, thank you, Jesus, for being my Lord. I pray that you prayed this prayer today. If you receive Jesus, I pray that you will just email us at uh, PastorEric523 at gmail.com and let us know how this broadcast is affecting you. Until we meet again, thank you for being with us on Journeys in grace.